0: Morning, church. Morning. Y'all sound pretty good this morning. Um, where, where were we the other day? Oh, was that the leadership retreat? We were all strumming guitar. Well, we weren't all. Str- I was strumming guitar, but we were. I was strumming guitar, and we were singing. And uh, and Arthur's like, these people are outing themselves. They're pretty good singers. Um, yeah. Like I said, we're gonna start a new a new series today. A series that I have. Uh, kind of termed mission accomplished now two years ago around this time my family was moving to Liberty Hill uh, to begin our new life with our new congregation Mission Liberty Hill Lutheran Church it was mid-pandemic and the world was very very weird um but I was super excited to come. And I, I knew it'd take a while to become fully integrated with the congregation. I mean, pandemic standing, it always, it always does. Um, it'd take a little while to learn all the rhythms and all the personalities and everything in the church. Uh, it'd also take a little while before y'all got used to me. Um, for some of y'all, this will be a lifelong challenge. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> But I was really looking forward to it, you know. We had some interviews beforehand, and the interviews were really nice. And it was clear from the start that this congregation had and has a great heart. But even even before all that, right, even before the interviews, before I ever got paperwork, even before Glenn Lochte called me that first time, well, I guess it was in that conversation, that first time, something struck me about your church, something something that stuck with me even to this day. And it was this. The folks who started this church, they could have named it whatever they wanted within reason, you know? And they did not go to the normal word bank of Lutheran churches, right? Like we didn't go with St. Paul or Trinity or our Savior. Those are all great names. But y'all chose to call yourself Mission Liberty Hill. As soon as I heard that, it's you know, churning in the back of my mind. I'm thinking, what does it mean for a church to call itself mission? That church, people who name a church something like that, they're not resting on their laurels, right? They're not passively waiting for Jesus to come back. That's not what they're about. A church who calls himself mission is a church who is saying, we exist to get the gospel out. We have decided that getting the gospel out isn't what we do. It's who we are. Well, over the next several weeks, we'll be reading from Paul's letters to Timothy. And there's a theme that runs through it all. You're going to hear themes about pushing forward, gaining ground, taking action, staying on mission. There you go. There's a reason you sit in the front row. I like it. You gave her all the answers. Well, yeah. You got a cheat sheet. so if we're going to be about that, if we're going to be about the mission, if we're going to live up to our name, we had better be clear on what the mission is. And Paul gives it to us in our reading today. Here's what Paul says. Christ came into the world to save sinners. That's the mission. Now you might say, okay, but how? Fair enough, right? We're going to have to sort out for ourselves what our strategies are, what our tactics are. But the objective was given to us right here. Saving sinners. And you might think, well, hold on. Jesus did it already, right? Like, that's what the cross is all about. Jesus, hanging on the cross, said, it is finished So that's mission accomplished, right? Well, yes and no. In the war between heaven and hell, or a different way to say the exact same idea is in the war between life and death, Christ has already won the victory. But there's still tons of people who are trapped behind enemy lines. There are still tons of people who are in prison camps. And the mission of Jesus Christ is to set those captives free. And that's where we come in. Now, there's a cool thing about being part of this mission. If we can use the the war analogy, then I'm going to say it this way. There's a cool thing about the army that that Jesus uses, right? It's entirely made out of people who were liberated in the same way that we are being asked to go liberate other people. We are all rescued prisoners of war, right? And every one of us is exactly one of those people, one of those sinners that Christ entered the world to save. If the mission is saving sinners, and we're people that he saved, what does that make us? Sinners who have been saved. We should be upfront about that. I've seen enough, uh, you know, um, commercials for churches and brochures, and the pictures on, on them are almost always the same. They're good-looking people. They're smiling. They look like they've got it together great hopefully that getting together getting it together is part of what's happening in the church but like those are like the after pictures in the before and after right we do need to be upfront with ourselves and with the world that christ came to save sinners and we count ourselves in that category paul certainly did matter of fact He said, Christ came in the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. When it comes to sinners, I am the goat, (laughs) right? That's what he says. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about with the goat. That's okay. Five of you got it, and that's good enough for me. Uh, Greatest of all time, right? I am the chief of sinners. And Paul really meant that, you know, like deep down he meant it. That wasn't hyperbole. He really believed that he was the worst sinner that ever was. And he was open about it. But not because he was obsessed with how bad he was. He was open about it because he couldn't get over how good God is. Um, And if you ever watch those home makeover shows, come on. I know it's more than, yes, okay, right? There's a bunch of them out there, right? There's a fixer-upper, hometown, Good Bones, I don't know. There's a million of them out there, right? And they all, pick your favorite. They all kind of follow a formula. There's different personalities and whatever and different, you know, nuance, but they kind of all forward, follow basically the same formula, which is they don't start with a, mostly nice house and make it a little better. Nobody would watch that show. They generally start with a terrible house and they turn it into something beautiful. Why is that the formula? Well, it makes for good TV, right? Because the before and the after pictures are stunning. And you, as the audience member, you, you're looking at that and you're like, wow. Oh nice, you know? And you start looking around your house and going, yeah, I would like Chip and Joanna to come over here, right? Notice notice what you said there? Notice what you thought? The story in the mind of the viewer isn't really about the house. You probably don't remember much about the houses in those shows. The story in your mind is not about how bad the house was or how good it came out. The story is really about the skill and vision and care and power of the renovators to make those transformations come to life. That's exactly what Paul is saying about Jesus. He says, I received mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, as the worst, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. See, Paul gets this. Even though he believes that he's the worst sinner, and some of us will look at him and go, and like one of the great saints, right? We see the transformation. But when Paul tells his story, he says, I'm... I'm I'm just an example. I'm not the point. The story is about Jesus. It's about his power to renovate. His vision to see what is broken and to make it into something beautiful. That's what his testimony is about. You have a story to tell, you know? You do. You might not think you do, and you might feel a little self-conscious about doing it. But, but you have a story to tell where you are the example and Jesus is the point, right? There are people out there who need to know that Jesus is patient and kind. They don't know Jesus that way. There are people out there who need to know that Jesus is powerful and involved they haven't seen that in their life. There are people out there who need to know that Jesus actually loves people like them. Which means people like you. The way we're going to know, the, the, the way that they're going to know those things is by hearing our stories. The When we show them what the goodness of God is really like, that's how they're going to know. It's cool that Jesus rescued you. I'm glad that Jesus rescued you. I thank God that he did. That's outstanding. I hope you're grateful. I'm grateful. But the question that you need to ask yourself today, the question I'm inviting you to ask yourself today is this. In this mission of God, where do you fit in? Are you going to be someone who just receives the benefits of being rescued? And that's the end of the story. Or are you someone who takes on the responsibility of helping other people have what you have? God gave you mercy because he loves you. But he also gave you mercy so that someone over there might know that he loves them too. He gave you grace so that you can show them grace and say, This is from God. You have been given life and freedom to enjoy, but also that you can lead others to that same life and freedom. That's the mission. He showed you mercy so that he would receive glory. He gave you mercy so that the people around you might also experience that mercy. In the coming weeks and months, we're going to be spending more and more time thinking about how we're going to live out this mission personally, but also as a congregation. That's where we're headed. And for that to happen, we're not going to do it under our own steam. We're going to need God's power to do it. So I want to pray about that right now. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for including us in your mission. We thank you, firstly, that we have been rescued, that we have been saved, that we have been shown mercy. And Lord, it's an incredible honor to be then included in the mission of showing love, showing mercy, speaking life and truth and grace in a world that doesn't really have or understand those things. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would open our eyes, to recognize our story with you, to see your goodness. We pray, we pray that you would open our hearts and our mouths to tell that story to people around us who need to hear it. We pray that we would show them what Jesus is like, not just by handing them a Bible or pointing at some Bible verses, although that's good too, but through declaring what you have done for us, and offering what you have to offer to them. Let this place, let this people live up to our name, that we are on mission. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.